didn't need the help, but, <laughs> but today that's a different, different story. It is good to be with you. Turn your Bibles to the book of Psalms. We're going to launch where we ended in Sunday school, Psalm 46, verse 1. While we're doing that, the literature on the table is free. We've been adding some brochures. The two newest ones, if you weren't here in Sunday school, are Black Lives Matter and Critical Race Theory. It's the truth about both of those. I think it's important that you understand what that is, what those two, uh, two things are. One is a philosophy, the other is a movement. A lot of people are involved in Black Lives Matter have no idea what the group itself stands for, uh, and you should be aware of what it is. It includes the uh, destruction of the nuclear family, father, mother, children. Uh, they are, you know, it is, uh, both groups are promoting racism, dividing our country. And so it should be a very concern to us. God's been good to us. We've had uh, an interesting year. It's the 19th of September already. It's hard to believe. God's kept us very busy. This week I'm with you. Next week I will be with uh, on Long Island, Gospel Community Church on Long Island. So, and we've been in Jamestown. I've been up in Watertown and, and Governor and other places. So we've gotten around the state and God's been very good to us. Thank you for praying. A number of you told me you were praying for me uh, this last week as I had Pastor Carpenter's funeral. Thank you for your prayers and do pray for that church as well as the other churches that were mentioned today. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Now, Lord, take the message and encourage us today I pray, God, that you would help us in this area of fear. Many of your people are afraid. They live in worry and anxiety, a state of dread instead of joy. So, Lord, I pray that you'd show us in your word how we can overcome fear today. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't think I'll ever forget, I was in Franklin Square, Grace Bible Baptist, Grace Baptist Church, Franklin Square, which is part of Queens. A young woman got up in prayer meeting, it was there on a Wednesday night, and the pastor had asked for prayer requests, and a young woman stood to her feet and said, pray for me, I'm so afraid. And then she talked a little bit about what she was, she was afraid to go out at night, she was afraid somebody's going to break into her apartment, she was afraid to go to work, that she would fail, and she listed all of these things that she was afraid of. She was afraid. COVID has caused a lot of people to be afraid. Uh, the one response I've gotten, number one response from pastors when I asked, what has surprised you most about COVID? The answer has been the number of my people that are afraid of fear. And yet the Bible tells us not to be fear, afraid. Fear not is a command that is the most frequent command in the scriptures. It is said that there are 365 verses in the Bible that say fear not. Now, I checked with my computer and I couldn't count that high. Uh, Lloyd Ogervie in his book, Facing the Future with Fear, says there are actually 366. But I think to get that way, you have to add things like your memory verse, be careful for or anxious for nothing. I think that's part of what he includes in that. I don't think it's just the words fear not. It is what the angel said to the shepherds on the hillside as he announced the birth of the Savior. Fear not, for I bring you good tidings of great joy. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a city, 
in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. It is what Jesus said after, to his disciples after the resurrection, fear not, fear not. It is a command of God. God expects his people to be people of faith, not fear. And yet there are many things in our world that would cause us to be afraid today. In the Sunday school hour, I listed the 10 crises, the 10 top crises. Somebody came up to me and added an 11th one. I don't want to add any more. we got enough. The message is long enough as it is. Um, it is a scary world. We are living in dangerous times. The Bible tells us in the last days, perilous times shall come. And friends, we're living in those days. We're there. I think Christ could return any moment. When we face the death of a friend, as I did this week, it's a reminder of our own mortality. We don't like to think about dying too much. But the fact is, it is appointed a man once to die, and after this, the judgment. You are going to die someday. I'm going to die someday, unless the Lord tarries. Now, I hope he comes back first. But if he doesn't, you know, the doctor's going to tell you, I'm sorry, there's nothing more we can do for you, or you're going to have a heart attack, or you're going to be in a car accident, or any number of things. You are going to die. You may well get sick. I know people that, that have the idea that if you're a Christian and living for the Lord, you'll never have any problems. That isn't really how it works. You are going to have trials. God has not promised a, a smooth pathway for us. God has not promised that he'll keep us from, from things happening to us. But he has promised all things work together for good to them that love God, those who are called according to his purpose. So you and I, nothing will happen to us that's not in the will of God. That doesn't mean bad things can't happen. It means that God will use those things for our good. So how do you overcome fear? How do you become a person of faith? Well, one of the places to start, I think, is to remembering who God is. Just remember who he is. I'm not going to turn in my Bible for a lot of these. I wrote down the verses because I'm going to use a lot of verses today. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, God says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I'll help thee, yea, I'll pull thee with the right hand of my righteousness. That's who our God is. So step number one in overcoming fear is to remember. Remember. Remember who God is. Remember, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 27, verse 1. Remember who God is. Remember what he's done. This is the creator and the sustainer of the universe. This is the God who has the universe under his control. He is the sovereign. He's the creator. He's the sustainer of everything that is. And he is our God. He's a God who has promised us some things. Remember who God is and what he has promised. If we do, we, we don't need to fear abandonment or loneliness. Because Jesus said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. We do not need to fear hunger or lack of clothes or shelter. Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, reminded, showed some sparrows and said, Aren't you of more value than sparrows? Your Heavenly Father knows you have need of these things. Matthew 6, 20, 32. 
We do not need to fear enemies because greater, <laughs> because greater is he that is in you than is in the world. But also the word of God says in Psalm 118, verse 6, the Lord is on our side. If God be for us, who can be against us? I've read the last chapter in the book. It comes out real good. We win. So we don't need to fear. We don't need to fear uh, conflict. We don't need to fear foes. We don't need to fear disease. We do not need to fear the future. Again, God has promised all things work together for good to them that love God. Uh, he said he would take care of the future, and he will. We do not need to fear death, because he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear, for thou art with me. No matter what you face in life, he's promised to take care of you. You don't need to fear judgment because there is now no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus. Chapter, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. We have everything we need. We don't necessarily have everything we want. Well, you kind of have to back up a little bit and say, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not, what? Want. God has promised to take care of everything you need. And if your rights line up with God's right, or wants, then you're in, we're in good shape. We may not have all the money we'd like, might not have the health we'd like, might not have all the liberty we'd like, but God's taking care of us. He's doing a good job with that, isn't he? So remember, remember. Remember who God is. Remember the promises. Romans chapter 8, I wasn't going to use this one, but let's turn there for a second. We read the earlier passage, verse 28. 29 tells us what that purpose is, that we might be conformed to the image of his son. But I want to drop down further to uh, verse 35. What shall separate us from the love? Love of Christ shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Conquerors. Through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's a pretty secure place to be, isn't it? We have the gift of eternal life. That means that we're going to live with the Lord forever. So the first step to overcoming fear is remember. Remember who God is. Remember what he's promised. Might add a third thing. We ought to remember who we are. We're the children of God. For as many as received him, to them give you the power to become the sons of God. John 1 verse 12. You and I are the sons of God. We're going to inherit all things. I... Uh, had an evangelist one time that said he went up and looked at Niagara Falls and he said, you know, I own this. I said, what? 
So I own this. This is mine. And as a matter of fact, it's, it's yours too. We're going to inherit the earth. So it's, our inherit, it's part of our inheritance. This is, this is all ours. Well, <laughs> that may be a little bit of a stretch, but you get the idea that, you know, we're the children of God. Jesus himself said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you unto myself, where, that where I may be also. That's a guarantee from the Lord Jesus Christ himself to his children. He's coming back. He's coming back for us. So we need to remember, remember, remember who God is, what he's promised, remember who we are. Number two, you have to resolve. The word of God says in Psalm 56, verse 3, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. That's a command. That means there's a choice involved here. Fear is an emotion. There is a fear that is proper. That is a fear for God. The Bible says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. A person that's unsaved should be afraid because it is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. There is a fear that's proper that causes us to be cautious around certain things. My wife has a fear of snakes. That's a reasonable fear. <laughs> I have a fear of heights. That's even more reasonable because it's my fear, not hers. <laughs> you get the idea. Sure. Now, fear that just causes you to be cautious, that's okay. But fear that causes you to panic, fear that causes you to be paralyzed, that fear is not healthy and not necessary. You don't have to be afraid. If you have a heavenly father that takes care of you, he will take care of you. That's his promise. So the fear that the Bible's talking about that is bad is what is called the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear that would cause us to be paralyzed and not move forward, to be be uh, panic-stricken, where we're throwing up our hands in despair and we don't know what to do, or, or tearing ourselves apart by worry and anxiety with dread, dread of the future. No, you and I are to be people of faith. You have to resolve. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6, Moses is commissioning Joshua, and he says to him, Be strong and of good courage. Fear not. Be not afraid of them, for the Lord thy God, it is he that goeth with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. When David was talking to Solomon about taking over the kingdom, he reminded him, it is the Lord God who goeth before thee. He will not fail you till all that is accomplished. God stays with us. God has promised. So we need to resolve to trust him. Faith is really a decision to take God at his word. Do you believe the promises of God or not? Do you believe them or not? If you believe him, then you shouldn't be afraid. Faith produces trust. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. The promise of God is he will take care of us. He will guide us. He will direct us. He'll stay with us. Do you remember when Moses was, God was upset with the people of Israel and he said, all right, I'm going to send my angel and go before you, but I'm not going with you. And Moses said, Lord, if you don't go, I'm not going. You and I never have to worry about that. 
You're not going to leave God behind. You're a child of God. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Never. Never. He'll always be there. He'll always take care of you. That's his promise. So you have to trust him. Fear comes when we doubt God's word. And start looking at our circumstances. Sometimes circumstances are kind of unpleasant. Step number three is rely on God. We can't do this by ourselves. Although the decision is a clear decision, if you want to conquer fear, you've got to get God's help. And how do you do that? Number one is prayer. Number prayer. You've got to pray. You have not because you ask not. Well, it's that simple. If you want something from God, you've got to ask for him. Have you asked him to help you with the problem of, of fear? Have you asked him? The word of God gives us an invitation, a wonderful invitation. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace. that We may find help in time of need. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 6. If I were to try to meet with our new state governor, Governor Holko, and I would send a message to her chief of staff and say, I'd like to meet with her. How long do you think it would take before I'd get an appointment? I, when Governor Como was first elected, Dwayne Motley sent a request like that to meet with Governor Como. Do you know how long it took? He never did get the meeting. <laughs> what about meeting with the president? Not likely. How long does it take you to get an appointment with a doctor? Uh, you got a surgeon you want to meet with. How long does that take? Well, you know, we can see, I've heard people with broken bones say, it takes weeks. And yet, you and I have access to the throne of God. We come boldly to the throne of grace because we're children of God. We're the sons of God. We can come boldly to him. You quoted the verse, be careful or anxious for nothing, but in everything with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God. That's how you, you get things from God. That's how your needs are met. You have a need and you have a crisis, there's something going on in your life, pray. pray. Ask others to pray. Pray. The second thing is praise. If you focus on your problems, you will have trouble. The verse just beyond what you've memorized in Philippians. Let's look, turn there for a second so you notice it. Philippians chapter 4. Verse 7 reminds us, in the peace of God, that's the opposite of fear, the past is all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, things which are true, things which are honest, things which are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Now, why should you think on those things? Because what you focus on makes a difference in your life. If you focus on bad things, you are going to be fearful. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. Now he's talking about the word of God. 
He's talking about the, the living word as he's applied it in his life, but what, they, what he's taught them, what you have learned and received and heard, the message you've heard. Now, remember those things. Remember what you've heard. And the God of peace shall be with you. That's the promise. Praise. Praise is uplifting to the upright. The word of God says in Psalm 56, verse 4, In God will I praise his word. In God have I put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Sometimes just whistling a tune can help you. I think that's in a Disney cartoon, but it's true. Sometimes when you're fearful, just humming a song or reminding yourself. There's so many great hymns. That's one reason why I think we ought to sing great hymns. Because... Yeah, I'm not helped by a lot of the contemporary ditties. The 7-Eleven choruses don't, don't help me. But when I'm, when I'm going through a trial, what a fellowship, what a joy divine. Leaning on the everlasting arms. It reminds me there's arms underneath to lean on. Uh, Lord, I've wandered far from home. I, I've, I've blown it. I've, I've stepped away from you. But now I'm coming home. The songs that you sing at Calvary and, and Redeemed, how I love to proclaim. It's hard to sing those songs and be down in the dumps. It's hard to be fearful when you're talking about what God has done in your life. The testimony songs. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And the voice I hear, remember? remember? I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I love the song, Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow. One of my recommendations to every, everyone is play music. If you call me in my office, I'll tell you, most of the time I'm listening to music. There is a, a internet channel called Abiding Radio that I'd recommend to you. It's, it's a very simple thing. You can sign it, it's free. They don't charge you anything. You can play instrumental music or you can play uh, bluegrass. I like bluegrass once in a while. <laughs> and you can play uh, you know, traditional song, patriotic songs. They have different seasonal songs, that kind of thing. It's all free, just in the background. The music can just kind of cheer you. Barb and I, for our 50th anniversary, bought, I bought her a clock that plays hymns every hour on the hour. Just a short thing. Just It doesn't play the whole hymn, just a chimes and plays the song but you know it's it's just a kind of a, it just kind of uplifts your spirit and it creates an atmosphere uh, is your home a place where the lord is lifted up or is it a place that's empty praise praise isaiah 12 2 says behold god is God is my salvation, I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength, and my song has also become my salvation. That same concept is found in Moses makes the statement of God being his strength and song. David in the Psalm several times refers to the Lord as being his song. When you were saved, God put a song in your heart. Even praise to our God. Let it out. Let it out. Sing praise to our God. And then you quoted the verse, the last step is rejoice. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Verse 
uh, Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice without ceasing, it says in the last chapter of 1 Thessalonians. Rejoice, rejoice. Although the world may be spinning out of control, you and I should be people that can rejoice because we serve a God who's promised to take care of us throughout all eternity. The Lord has us in his hand. That verse in Isaiah, I think of my dad when I think of that verse. My dad was a farmer and had large hands. And dad, from milking cows by hand all those years, had a lot of strength in his hands. Every once in a while, somebody would try to crush my dad's hands, and they were always sorry they tried. Because he had a lot of power in those hands when he was younger. Of course, when he got older and they became arthritic. But as a little boy, I remember we went downtown Flint. That was before the shopping malls. I'm that old. And we would go downtown shopping, and my dad would say, now I want you to take my hand. And I would take his hand. And I knew I was safe because Dad had my hand. Our Heavenly Father says, I will hold your hand. I'll take care of you. What have I to fear? What have I to dread? I'm leaning on the everlasting arms. Now that's for believers. That's the four steps. Remember, resolve, rely, rejoice. Four things, four simple steps. Remember who God is and what he's done. Just remember. And then resolve, make a decision. I will trust you and not be afraid. And then rely on God through prayer and through praise. And then rejoice. Rejoice that you serve a God who's promised to meet your needs. But friend, that's for believers. That's not for those who do not know Christ as their Savior. If you're here and you do not know Christ, you should be afraid. You should be afraid to go to sleep at night because you might open your eyes in hell. You need to receive Christ today. Today is the day of salvation. We do not know how much time we have left. None of us do. Today could be the day God calls you home. I was totally shocked when I got the news that Jeff Carpenter was dying. He was such a vital, vibrant person. On Saturday, when I was talking to his widow, she made the statement, I can't believe he's gone. And I said, I, I can't either. I just, I can't believe it. But see, you and I never know. We don't know how much time we have left. If you're unsaved, get saved today. Don't put it off. Why in the world would you wait? Why would you live in fear when you can live in faith? You're a Christian. Are you victorious over fear? Or are you allowing the concerns of the world to flood your soul and dampen your relationship with Jesus Christ? See, the joy of the Lord is our strength, Nehemiah 8.10. If your joy is missing, it's because of sin. And the sin might be a doubt of God's word. It might be fear. Get right with God today. Don't put that off. And then I was reminded again 
not only the shortness of life with my friend's death, but the shortness of my own life. I don't know how much time I have left. I don't have time to waste. Neither do you. We need to tell others about Christ now. We can't put that off. We need to share. I read this week on Facebook, so I know it must be true. that the average Christian has heard 20,000 hymns, and I don't remember what they said on the number of sermons. You think about it, if you come to church once a week, that's 52 a year. If you come Sunday night, you've heard Sunday morning and Sunday night, that's 104, and you can add it up if you go Wednesday night. How many sermons have you heard? Yet it said the average Christian has never shared Christ with anyone. That's a horrible statistic. I don't know if it's true or not. But I do know a lot of Christians don't share Christ. Why not? Don't you care? Don't you care that your friends are living without God? That are facing a Christless eternity? No, you and I need to be people of faith and joy, not fear or dread. Psalm 37, I've looked at with you before. It says simply, fret not. Fret not. Today was fear not. It's a command that needs to be obeyed by God's people. The world's watching. This last week, we saw people who sorrowed with hope and people who sorrowed with no hope. I'm glad I'm one of hope. It's a world of difference. Father, thank you for your church. Thank you, Father, for your promises. We thank you for who you are. Thank you for your word. And we can trust you so that we do not need to fear, but trust in you. Lord, if there are people here that have never received Christ as their Savior, I pray that today would be their day of decision. For those, Lord, who are Christians who are struggling with this matter of fear, I pray they'd get right with you today. Meet our needs. As the invitation is given, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.